Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us and discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everyone, to the Power of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Grandinetti, and today we have the beautiful Lale Hancock with us. Lale is a leadership and entrepreneurial coach, professional services consultant, personal wellness mentor, and founder and CEO of global professional services company, Bolepimo and Global Wellness for All. Lale boasts 30 years experience in operational excellence, change management and business consulting and has inspired and empowered millions of individuals, including Fortune 500 executives, entrepreneurs, government agencies, nonprofit organizations, families, athletes, and veterans. A highly respected executive and leadership coach, Lale has a particular interest in supporting and encouraging the leadership capabilities of all ages at school, in the workplace, at home, and in the wider community. She is featured alongside luminaries such as Oprah Winfrey, Melinda Gates, Jenny Romady in the 2019 publication, America's Leading Ladies, Stories of Courage, Challenge and Triumph. Thank you, Lale, for joining me today. I am super excited for our conversation around wellness and global wellness for all. And I'd love to hear where you got interested in this topic. Where did global wellness come into your world? (laughs) Hey, Sarah, I'm so grateful to be here. Um, You know what? It actually started as a young age because my first career was to become a doctor. I wanted to be a pediatrician. And so most of my studies, but I mean, thinking back to like when I was four or five years old, I wanted to be a police officer because I wanted to help people. (laughs) And then I also wanted to be a doctor and I just wanted people to know like, they can be healthy and that, you know, it could be from joy, actually, like it could be different than what traditional medicine was supposed to be. So the journey started early, you know? <laughs> and so at five or six years old, people are asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so then you have to project the biggest possible thing. And I think as little kids were like, either growing up in the US, I want to be the president of the United States, or I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And what those careers, what boxes those careers check. And so what I, what I would love to hear from you is as you were going on this journey, where did you discover that maybe police officer and doctor wasn't the thing that you were going to be? And what started to open up for you? Actually, you know what, it's funny, my mom was the reason I didn't become a police officer, because she thought it was scary job. And she didn't want to worry about me all day and all night, but I thought it was the coolest, coolest job. You could have a gun and you can help people. (laughs) You know, I just, I just saw it from a very positive perspective, you know, and medicine never left actually. So um, most of my studies, like even my undergrad degree, and I almost went to medical school, like literally like almost started medical school And then um, some changes happened in the world where I lived in LA, you know, with the biggest earthquake there was. And it got me to migrate to the East Coast instead of California. And I decided to leave medical school for one year because I was going to go. And then, of course, I got married and life kind of took me a different direction. Um, But the thing that I ended up actually 
deciding is that, you know what, I love business. And the style of medicine that America had at the time, it was all healthcare, like HMOs and like, come, let me give you a prescription come see me tomorrow if you have a problem. And that wasn't really the purpose of all the years I'd been in school. I actually wanted people to know they could be healthy, they could be happy and they could create something different for their lives. So I went more of the business route um, after 12 years of doing things in the medical field and um, really just starting to build companies and organizations and things of that sort. And it was, you know, finding different tools of curiosity. Like every weekend I would learn something new because I was just curious. And then one day came across this magical tool called the access bars. And um, from there is where I actually you know, um, continued my management consulting business. However, I added this global wellness for all that got to speak a different language to people. And um, really all the executives I was working with, their health caused a lot of challenges at work or their staff's health problems. And I saw it from a different perspective to really look at the um, holistic, the oneness of wellness and not just what are you eating? I love that. Can you tell our listeners what access consciousness bars are? Yeah. So it's so funny. I found it in a very unique way. I had a friend who called me on my birthday and I had helped her with, like I'd gone to a training and helped her with a problem she had with her knee. And she called me and she said, for your birthday, can I come gift you something? And I was like, yes. And she's like, but I haven't told you what it is yet. And I'm like, I don't care. It just sounds really good. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, at the time was probably one of the most stressful times of my life because um, I sold my house in less than one day. Uh, we had bought a new house. Business was booming. Um, my husband's business was doing well. The girls were in school, athletes who were going into championships. And it just seemed like I had a lot of stress in my life. And so when she offered that, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. She came over and she brought a massage table. And I was like, Ooh, what, what is this all about? You know, <laughs> she's like, you just lie down. You don't have to do anything. And I said, okay. She had this beautiful chart that had like a bunch of pictures of heads on it, you know? And she's like, I hope you don't mind, but I'm still learning. And so I brought my chart with me and I was like, okay, that's cool. So I laid down, she put one hand on the back of my head and one on the third eye. And like in two seconds, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what <are you> doing? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and it was like literally five minutes into it. I'm like, I want to tell the whole world about this because it just feels incredible. And after about 45 minutes to an hour, just one, I couldn't shut up. <laughs> it was just like my whole body was singing and happy. And I just knew there was something here that was so different than things I had learned. Truly within 20 years, I'd learned so many different tools and techniques of self-development, becoming healthier, you know, just different courses. And this one just was so different. And um, I say that was just the beginning of one of the greatest really gifts of my life that just keeps giving. 
So how did you take that experience, your awareness of new possibilities, look at the life that you'd already created that so many would project out and be like, oh, you've hit the mark, girl. Like you have the marriage, you have the business, you have the beautiful children, you've done all the things and you're successful by this reality standard and you are. And then now you've found something new. And a lot of people go like, well, how do I, how do I take this and do something with it without abandoning the rest? And what I'm hearing from your story is that you, you knew you didn't have to abandon what you already were creating, but that you could add to it. So will you share with me how you took the tools of access consciousness, the awareness of the wellness that it creates, and then started to apply it to the business that you already had? Well, yes, and I tried to kill the existing business. Okay, we can talk about that too. <laughs> you know, um, it was funny because I, at the time, you know, I was the management consultant. I was working with lots of different customers, um, different clients, Fortune 500, not-for-profits, government. And, you know, when I would go into my meetings with them, it just seemed like so difficult. You know, sometimes it's like they just wanted to look at things in one way and weren't willing to look outside the box. And then here I had learned this new tool called the bars and people would come and I could have a different conversation with them, you know? So there were moments I was like, oh my God, I want more of this. I want more of this. And I don't want to do the consulting anymore. And then I was like, no, I really love the consulting, but I just want it to be different. And I realized the moments when I would try to kill the consulting <laughs> so I could do more of this, both businesses grew. Like neither one was shrinking. They were both expanding. I had more clients. I had even my client that I had, the projects within the project kept expanding. And so, you know, you say, how did I like bring one into the other? But that's the magic of it. Like, I just wasn't, I've never really been a person who like stressed too much, but there were moments that, you know, it just felt like overwhelming, you know, like everything that was going on and I would have my bars run or I'd run my kids bars before an exam. And I just found that it had this domino effect in my world and my customers and you know, with access, it's about empowering people to know what they know. And so most of us think what we know is what we learned in school, what our parents taught us, you know, all the judgments we've created along the way, that's us. And the bars and the tools of access were more about, hey, don't project anything, ask a question and allow these other doors to open, a lot of ideas to come out. And for me, bars always was the space of relaxation with creativity. So I could get my bars run or I would run someone else's and it was this gift and receive. So we both benefited. I don't know how to say it, but then I could apply it to work. And I realized the things that used to stress me out, stop stressing me out. The moments that I felt tired, I had more energy to keep going. And so I saw the benefits and I realized, hey, why am I trying to kill one business? That's not really going to work. But I saw how the both businesses ended up gifting to each other, you know, and allowing both to um, bring tools to each other. You know what I mean? Like the management consulting was bringing more tools to people that I was working with that wanted to grow their business and things of that sort. And then the... I would say the wellness aspects of the access was bringing more of that into 
you know, corporate America into not-for-profit into them thinking different. And it just became more fun to run my businesses, you know, and I've always been a happy person, but it brought me a different kind of joy in my day-to-day. That's incredible. And I love, I love that you started to look at how they can both contribute to your life. And then also how this one can contribute to the people in this one. And this one can contribute to the people in that one. And and so how did you, I'm I'm personally curious because I know uh, being a certified facilitator of access consciousness myself, we're often looking at where and how we can speak to the tools with people and how we can take it into, to say mainstream businesses and start to share uh, tools there. So how did you start to bridge that for those that are listening, that are, that are curious, that found the bars and are like, I want to bring it to the people at work, or I want to share it with, you know, somebody who I have decided already won't receive it. How did that go for you? You know, at first I have to say, I didn't bring the bars into corporate America with me. Um, I brought other things like different ways of asking question or, you know, with access, there's just so many things like there's joy of business, there's being you, there's so many specialties within access and bringing those tools in. Like I had one client that was a very religious organization, had been around 130 years And what I ended up doing was doing a six month leadership program for all their senior vice, all their senior team, and then all their directors of their 32 programs. And the first thing we did is we did an exercise about expand out, (laughs) you know, that was the first one. And so it wasn't like immediately I was bringing everything I knew to them because they weren't really ready to receive all of that but I would, I would be the tools and then it would trickle into what we were talking about, you know, or, um, I mean, in a religious organization, at one point I was like, would you be willing to expand as big as the universe? And I did an exercise with them. And, you know, most people would think I was crazy, but that's what they could receive at that moment. They were willing. And then we talked about judgment, you know, and like how, when I first started with this one organization, every division was against the other division, you know, like there was so much internal fighting between the departments and between like one was in one state, one was in the other state, they were doing the same thing, but they would fight for who was right. And so it was also like bringing ways that they can collaborate. They could be part of the bigger pie of what the organization was about and not really about cutting a piece of the pie out to make it theirs. So we even created a group. And with that group, we brought people that normally never have a voice. Like we brought the person who was the nurse aide or the person who was the driver or bringing the executive. Like we brought different people from different departments to be part of this group so that they can as a whole decide what's not working and what can we put in place collaboratively that would make it work. And so it was bringing the tools, but just maybe in a different way and maybe a different language that they could receive. What I love about that is that that's your difference. So how you play with the tools is going to be different. How I play with the tools and any of our listeners who have, have, 
discovered the access consciousness tools are going to be different with the tools. And that's the difference that we be. So listening to you talk about going in and just being something that's so different that they haven't experienced. It, it doesn't matter, you know, what sign is over your head when you're speaking it, it's actually you being you and being so different. So can you, can we go off a little bit and talk about what you know about why people think that they have to hide their difference when it might be the greatest gift? Because that's what we were taught in school, <laughs> at work, everywhere. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'll tell you, I worked with this one client over three years. And I would say that really helping the employees discover their strength and their difference and their uniqueness, I couldn't have done as much as I did until year three. There was some stepping stones, like the organization was so solid in the way that they did things, you know, they, but they had some challenges and that was the reason they initially brought me in. And so like, I got to work with one group and then that led to another group and another group. And, and so I think today in 2020, it's different. Being you is actually something people are talking about, you know, and realizing the uniqueness of them is what shines. Doing the same thing the same way is not changing anything. So you need to bring, I call the spice of you, you know what I mean? Like you can make some bland food, but when you bring that little spice of you into it, anything can have more flavor. And it's the same thing. And you have to find also, it's not about the fight to bring your difference in. And I think a lot of times that's how people have found they could be their unique self is they did it from fight. The fight is this energy that you push onto them. And their first reflex is to push back at you. And usually with more force, um, so that doesn't open doors. But if you're willing to be like, you know what, I'm going to be me. And at moments being you means you zip it and don't say anything. <laughs> but you being you actually alters the molecules and people change around you in ways that I wouldn't say is linear. You know what I mean? It's not like I did A and therefore B occurred. It's that you didn't do A and B got created, you know? Um, and so really starting to pay more attention to, you know, how are you communicating with people? And the moments, I think one of the things that was really key with the groups that I worked with was empowering them to have a voice and to speak up where most of them were always afraid of the consequences if they said something or if they shared a challenge because they would do it from the problem. And that was the push energy. Where then if it was more from, hey guys, this is going on. What can we come up with that actually brings light to this, but also brings ideas and creative ways where we can alter it. Because then people want to hear, but if you're just there to fight and say, this is a problem, mm, it's not going to work really, you know? That's an amazing tip. Can you share one or two more for somebody who is in a leadership role and is looking at how to start inviting these conversations? Because I know like having owned a brick and mortar business myself, um, you, you are that maestro of this orchestra and you do have to, um, you know, 
wave certain instruments to play at certain times and and invite different to invite different possibilities to your business. So what are one or two more tips that you can give leaders to start to uh, look from a different place in order to create the change they're looking for? You know, all businesses require different kinds of people and different personalities, different energies. And so I think you have to also get to know what does the environment require and do you have the people there, you know, um, who actually even match what it is it's trying to create. And can you create an environment that opens the pathway to communication? Like one of my favorite styles of actually leading is getting to know people, you know, like when you, you have people with a lot of walls, they came to you, a lot of stuff happened possibly in their childhood, their adulthood, and they come with a lot of luggage and, and you need some ways to help them maybe put the luggage down and to do that, engage with them, ask them questions, let them start to share what are their ideas? Because the I have the idea, just go make it happen really doesn't work. Very few people can apply that. They want to have their own energy into it. They want to have their own creativity into it. You don't have to take all their advice, but the willingness to create an environment where people can actually have a voice really makes a difference. And, and then, you know, are you willing to also let people fail? You know, because our idea of fail and other people's idea of fail is different. And if we take away the judgment, they're going to fail. One, we help them not fail, but we also encourage them to start trusting their awareness. Like people know they've got this. I used to call it my gut instinct. I knew don't go here. Don't say this or whatever. Where now I, I get that's my awareness of me actually being me and knowing when something's off. So, you know, start to get people to start trusting their knowing. And it starts with the asking of the question. It's bring them in an environment that isn't always all about seriousness and about work, but bring more creativity, more fun, more play. And then start to see, because, you know, for me, even, I mean, when I was a senior vice president or whatever, or if I'm the CEO or whatever, like I don't hire people based on the words in their resume. I've always hired based on some things that they share, but really being aware of possibilities, being aware of, hey, you know what? If they had some training, they may actually be able to go here. And so thinking outside the box of what you've already defined, everybody has to look like, be like, mm, that's probably a lot more structure than most people can handle and they tend to leave. But if you can create an environment that enhances the business still growing, but also allowing them, what are they curious about? What do they want to learn about? Once again, ask them questions, <laughs> get to know them. And what environment can you create that they get to dabble in it? Because so many people, they assume they hate it. You know, like for me, it was writing. Um, my clients always loved my writing style and they would make me write. And it was something that I used to like, unless I'm in the mood, I really didn't enjoy it. But I realized it was these points of view that people hate to write. And I was picking them up. You know what I mean? They're just, I'm a sponge and I was absorbing other people's points of views. And then when I realized, you know what, I actually enjoy writing. 
okay, what are different things that I can engage with where I get to bring it the way I enjoy it? So you might find out that people have skills already, they're not even talking about, but others that can actually expand and grow and create those skills while also helping you grow the business and create a culture where people are engaged and they want to come to work because they're actually valued and their voice is heard. Yeah, and so many of us just desire to be seen, be heard, be valued, like you said, and belong. And if we can create that in our businesses through doing the work on what what we would like to create as ourselves and our lives, and then also inviting others to do that and have that within our businesses. And thank you so much for that. So I have one last question. Um, so the, this podcast is called The Power of Being You. If you were to write the show description, what would you say the power of being you actually is? You know, it's funny because being you, I never even knew what that was. Because for me personally, I had put myself in the box of mom or executive or all these other things. So the first thing I would start is with a question. What brings you joy? I love what that. brings you to a place where you are creative? And if you actually could have more of that, what would you add to your life today? Because that's the thing. Most people don't even realize those things that they actually enjoy. They can add more things that bring that similar energy to their life, which allows them to be more of them. Thank you so much for that, Lale. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you? Always a pleasure. I adore you, Sarah. Um, for me, there's a lot of different places you can get me. Um, globalwellnessforall.com is one, and you can contact us. There's a lot of different things that we do there, and we're all over social media. And then lalehancock.com will get you more to the management consulting and some other things we're doing in business. Thank you so much. And I um, am excited to see what this episode creates in the world. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Power of Being You podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about Being You or to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?